podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. Welcome to Run With It, the podcast that brings you business ideas from established entrepreneurs. Each episode, you'll hear a new business idea and the exact steps our guest would take to get started. Follow through and you can earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership. Here are your hosts, Chris Justin and Ethan Janney. I'm Chris Justin. And I'm Ethan Janney. And today our guest is David DeMember. He is founder of a company called Design Sprint Coach. He is also co-founder of Toy, T-O-I dot I-O, a design sprint facilitator. David has trained and facilitated workshops for Sennheiser, Glide, WeWork, Red Bull, Kraft, Waste Management, NBC Universal, to name just a few. Besides teaching design sprints, uh, he loves coaching youth sports as well. So David, I might have confused something or other about uh, about the names <laughs> of your various businesses, but welcome to the show and let us know. Thank you. No, it's all, all good. And you got, I think you got the, the majority of it down perfectly. The only little thing is, so the design sprint training and coaching business is actually called Run Sprints. Uh, it's runsprints.com. And, okay. and the agency, you got right, perfect, toy, T-O-I dot I-O. Uh, yeah. And most importantly, I don't just love coaching youth sports. I'm really good at it. We oh, just man. won the championship. So. Wow. <laughs> That's Which the most sport? important part here. <laughs> Which sport? Uh, well, just got done coaching baseball. We got basketball coming up. Nice. Yeah, excited about that. Yeah, that's that's great. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so tell us a little bit about what you love about your existing business. Just give people a little bit of context about what your day-to-day is like and, and maybe how you got into it. Sure. Yeah, so you know, there's, there's two parts of it. On one side, uh, there's the agency, which is a little more traditional. I mean, you can't see I'm making air quotes right now. And we, we, you know, we do user experience design for startups, enterprise companies, nonprofits. And, and, and what I think makes us different is, is really kind of leads into the other side of the business that we're creating around training and, and developing people with our methodologies that we've learned, which is essentially design thinking exercises. We specifically do a lot of work in, uh, with design sprints, which came out of Google, Google Ventures. Uh, the last six and seven years. And so, uh, you know, for us, we we go fast, we think fast, we do things fast. You know, I, I have a 20 year background in building uh, companies, mostly startups, and as, as well as my agency. And so for us, the design sprint itself fits so perfectly with our agency and personality, you know, four days to, to have a tested visual prototype, like right on par for us. I really like the concept of the sprint. Actually, I brought it up with Chris and we were just talking about our podcast, you know, project and what do we want to do at what points and like, when do you feel like things slow down and when do things pick up? And I was like, well, Dave's doing this sprint thing, you know, I mean, maybe it's something for us to think about for our various points in the process, you know, treating it like a sprint. So you can put an all out piece of energy in, but also kind of know that there's an end to that and maybe take a little bit of breather after you go through a sprint process. I like that. Yeah, there was a Seth Godin blog post a, a couple of days ago about marathons. There are two types of marathons, essentially. The one is where it's planned a year out in advance. There's all sorts of people that sign up for it. The route is very well marked out and you have a bunch of people that you're gonna do it with. And then the other kind is where you just step outside and lace up your shoes and run 26.2 miles. <laughs> and of course, the, the latter is just way harder to do, right? If you don't create that context around, hey, I'm going to run a marathon. I'm going to train for it. I'm going to do it with all these people. I'm going to have the food ready for me. Uh, and it's just creating that entire ritual just makes it very powerful. So, um, yeah, I love that idea of... Uh, of creating systemic sprints. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and to really tie in what both of y'all are saying, well, the, the, the design sprint in particular, it, it's something that goes lightning fast and it's very regimented. So it's almost like the tour de France or something. There's all these stages you go through, just to, you know, bring it back to your analogy, there's all these stages that you go through and each stage is a little different, but you get somewhere and you get somewhere and you get somewhere. And next thing you know, you're, you're, you have created something in just a few short days uh, from nothing and, uh, you know, all based in design thinking principles. So 
it's, it's really exciting. You know, when I hear you say like run a sprint without training for, it, I just turned 40, uh, last week. And, um, I, and I'm like, I think my life flashed before my eyes really quickly when you said that. So I don't know. I, I was a little confronting, but, but I get the analogy. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. Um, would love to share a, a link for people to find out more about this. Where should people go if they want to learn a little bit more about what you're yeah. processing? Sorry. Absolutely. Yeah. Runsprints.com. Um, that's our, uh, design sprint training site and, we're actually getting uh, ready. By the time this is released, actually, we'll uh, have our new site launched, and we got some uh, boot camps coming up in San Francisco and uh, Los Angeles. So, uh, uh, yeah, we're really excited about that, and uh, you know, hopefully, we'll bring uh, uh, bring some workshops and boot camps uh, out to where uh, y'all are too. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Okay, well, let's launch into the the meat of the podcast here, which is the new business idea. Excited about what you what you've uh, shared with us so far. So uh, let's just jump right into it. Tell us about the concept. Can you share a brief description of the idea? Yeah, sure. So you know, the idea is uh, a, a personal relationship manager for for people on a social level, um, combined with uh, somewhat of a of a content engine, let's say. And you know, I'm speaking of this in very in terms that I think people in the business world. Uh, would understand, you know, if you look at like Salesforce and, you know, tools like Hootsuite and Buffer, where these are standard now, every business has a CRM, every business has some sort of social system to put content out into the world to have conversations with people. Well, in our personal lives, we don't really have anything, you know, people will tell you that, you know, there's consistently having less and less time. Um, and, you know, we're sort of relying on social media, whether that's Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat or whatever, for a lot of our relationship. And it's just sort of, we're at the mercy of their algorithm. Um, so the idea is to really bring back some control, um, you know, use the tactics and techniques that are used in the business world to have more intentionality and to be able to build the relationships that you want to build in your life. Fascinating. That's really cool. So the idea is, um, Let's clarify. Yeah, because this sounds interesting, but I want to get we'll get more into it later as well. But so Perfect. it's like is this is for romantic relationships or as well as just like friendships and, and whatnot? Yes. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> you know, you know, part of this, yeah, no, it's a great question. And 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 part of this was sparked from, you know, I don't know uh about you guys, but um I don't you know, I tell myself fairly often, and I hope my mom is watching this, but I tell myself very often, I, I, I could never talk to my mom enough. I sort of rephrase that in a way, like if my mom's listening, you know, but but no, it's like you know, I don't I don't I communicate with my parents these amount. I try, I try, but you know, it's like I want to communicate with my parents more, my sister, you know, my my brothers and um you know, and of course, friends, I'm a, I'm a parent of three, I'm a business owner, I'm, I got all these things going on in my life. You know, people say that, you know, something's got to give, whether it's your health or your social life or whatever. And so, you know, one of the things that my sister is actually, uh, I've learned from her over the years is that, you know, sometimes just sending someone a text, like a random text, like, hey, how, how you doing? You know, what's up? It, it could be a lot of different incarnations of it, but sometimes it's mentioning someone's social, sometimes it's text, whatever else. That's at least the, the early ideation of this. And it's really for whoever, you know, whatever community that you want to create around yourself. Yeah, I love this. I, I, um, I try and keep in contact with a lot of my friends from high school, from college, from New Orleans, just various stages in life. And I have this nagging feeling of, oh, I haven't texted Omar in a while, or I haven't called called Maggie, right? Yeah. It sounds like the goal that you're talking about is to be more intentional about that rather than having that person pop up on your Facebook newsfeed or on Snapchat and, and maybe you see that and maybe you don't, uh, just bringing that control back into your life. One question I have for you, and this is something maybe my wife will give me a hard time about is, uh, <laughs> Is it too contrived if you have something like that that pings you every two weeks to say, hey, send a message to this friend? Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question. So there's there's been a lot of incarnations of this in the past um, where things pop up. And, 
you know, I remember seeing uh, there's an app called Ketchup about six years ago, and and at the time, um, I don't think TechCrunch allows for commenting anymore. But at the time, I don't I don't know. But at the time, they did, and all the commenting was basically speaking to what you're saying. This is too contrived, and you know, first of all, everybody's doing something anyway to some extent. One, two, it is if you say it is, and at the same time, you know, I think that there's there's something to this where in the we, we saw in the world of social media where, you know, when it started popping up and then all of a sudden you had a Hootsuite and all these things that popped up and it's like automation, all these things happen, right? And, and, and everyone, tried, there was a period where social media really was getting turned into like a PR machine and people just cranking out and then the, the quality of conversation and content went down. Um, you know, and of course, there's a lot of credits like, you know, Gary Vee um, and, you know, people like him who sort of said, you know, hey, look, this is all new and it's really about having conversations with people. So you know, of course, it could it could devolve and be you know into something like that. As I've thought of this, one of the things that comes up for me is not to have pre-generated things and not to necessarily have things that are set up in a way where you can just copy and paste the message or here's something to send or hey, click here. It's you know, it's like the, like the nudge and the, and the, uh, those things from Facebook and the poke and stuff like that. Like, there's no value and there's no connection with that. You know, at the same time, a lot of us, I don't, I, I, I know for myself, like I use uh, reminders and different things to, you know, remind myself to, uh, you know, just to get in touch with people. I actually have a Sunday afternoon meeting set with my oldest son, who's at UCLA to, we speak, we have an appointment to speak. So we have intentionality around that. So, you know, with that said, I think that, um, you know, that's certainly, uh, that's, I think the greatest concern that you're bringing up with this and certainly something to look at as, as how do you make it authentic, I think is, is the real key. How do you create authentic connection with people? I got a couple of things to add to throw in the mix here. Um, I think it's very interesting. One is when I was first dating my wife, actually one of the things that I appreciated about our relationship was she would tell me what she wanted. Um, mm-hmm. Not, not in like a, not in like a demanding way, but like, yeah, just in a like informative way and versus other relationships I had been in where, the uh, the woman gets frustrated. You didn't know that that was the thing that I needed, you know, like, no, I didn't, you know, so we would be sitting <laughs> I would out, have known. right. We'd be sitting out, we'd be out and about. And I'd be thinking, man, I, I'd really like to put my arm around her, but I don't know how she is about PDA or whatever. And she'd grab my arm and she'd just like put it around her. And I go, Oh, thank goodness. Like that, that's what she wanted. Everybody's happy, you know? And so that, that makes me think of uh, like, like you said, like less canned things, uh, that, oh, this is just going to work for relationships in general. And maybe there's actually a way to optimize for your specific relationship, get feedback from one person mm-hmm. on one end of the relationship about what they need, which may be different than other people. Use like the five languages of, of love or something like that too. And like get people's, you know, they're more of a gift giver than a compliment giver or something like that. And knowing those things about it, the individual, I can see is totally different than what you can get on like a Facebook or something, right? Facebook, not they just generalize you. Person A, person B. Person A should say hi to person B. <laughs> right. And, uh, right. It doesn't always work. Now, the other thing that I wanted to introduce here, which I found fascinating, and I always wanted to like make like a Facebook plugin for this or whatever. I was reading a book, and it had something to do with relationships. And they said to kind of like take a catalog of all the people in your life. And I think there were like three ways to... Uh, rate them like one like on a scale of one to ten like are they uh, a proximity like do they live far away do they live close right and then also are they uh, a positive influence in your life or they negative influence in your life you know or maybe maybe someone's like a five positive uh, influence in your life and another person's just like they're negative but like a negative one and that matters right and then you kind of can look at your network and you can say Oh my gosh, like I here's a person that's like really close, really positive influence and, you know, this relationship's really powerful for me and so I need to foster that, you know. Yeah. Or, or to see like oh, this person that I've been that's so close to me and I spend a lot of time with is like a negative vibe in terms of like how they land with me and how they influence my life and it's like, well, I might want to like stop interacting with them, you know. So, I think that's a fascinating kind of uh, you know, take on it as well. It's like, 
Yeah. And, and less like, and less like canned, like we were saying, it's like really taking, taking, uh, taking a good look at your relationships uh, from an analytical approach in the interest of, of living a better life and better life for other, the people that you associate with. Cool. Spot, spot on. I, I want to throw in my two cents about oh, yeah, the uh, contract question. Uh, <laughs> I do have a, <laughs> a passionate answer about this. Um, I think it's kind of a BS uh, cop-out thing to say that it's contrived, honestly. <laughs> I, Your own criticism. Yeah, and well, I mean, it's a question that the listeners, a lot of listeners right. have. Right. Uh, if I'm looking at my to-do list for today and I have 30 items on there and I have you know, five chores that I want to get done after work. Uh, that's 35 things that I'm intentionally saying that I'm going to do, but I'm not creating any space and not creating any intentionality around relationships or outreach for outreach for my wife or any sort of, you know, loving connection there that it just seems silly to, uh, to have the leftovers for that. Right. And to, yes, that exactly. It, so yeah, if you, if you don't prioritize those actions, I think that your time is going to be consumed by randomly scrolling on your phone or, or whatever else. And uh, to me, this would be the, the first thing that I check, make sure that I get, have this taken care of um, in my day, and then I can go through and, and look at my work to-do list. I have a, uh, a weekly event set up on Wednesdays, actually, to uh, schedule something fun on the weekend with friends. And that's, it's just the, one of the, I, I have a few personal tasks in my to-do list. That's one of the things that pops up. I have a couple others that I can't give away all my secrets because my wife is definitely going to listen. <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, I use it for that sort of thing. And I think that um, there are two answers to that. One, I don't believe that the contrived answer holds a lot of water for it should hold a lot of water for people. And two, I think that there are enough people out there who who would say that, yeah, I, I don't believe in that. I don't believe that it's contrived. I'm going to use them anyway. So Yeah. And I and I think that people might say that and use it, one. Uh, two, you know, I've been with my wife for 12 and a half years now. So I kind of missed out on all like the mobile dating app thing. And, you know, online dating was, was pretty popular, but it's still coming up and didn't use it that much. But you know, everyone's, uh, there's a lot of complaints around it, yet everyone's using it. And I think everyone has a fantasy of how things should go in life. It's like, you know, like Ethan was saying earlier, it's like, you know, you should know what I want already. You know, I should just meet people. It should be spontaneous. This should just happen. And then it doesn't. And, right. you know, and, 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 you know, it's like you said, if you don't prioritize it, you're literally not prioritizing it. That's what's happening. Mm. Um, so there, there's a couple other things as well, too, that I've come up in some conversations and just, you know, when I've, I've talked about this with people, one is that there's already a lot of scheduling things that are out there. Google, Google even has AI in the calendar you can use around goals and things of that nature. And there's a lot of apps out there for like reminders and scheduling and things of that nature. But this goes back into what we were talking about earlier, where like when you really start to look at, you know, how this is customized for relationships, like that's the key. You know, and it's not just about scheduling things. And, you know, I mean, right now I'm, you know, same boat. I've got a couple of do, you know, talk to Sam each Sunday and do some things each day of the week. But, you know, like really doing more than that and, you know, and, and creating intentionality of not just being with someone, whether it's online, offline, you know, sending them a note, a gift or whatever, but also like, what do you want? You know, like I just hit 40. Now for me, a priority in my life is I'm like getting emotional right now. Like a priority in my life is being closer with my parents. You know, like I really want to, you know, create that's like, that's a real priority. And so, you know, how does that happen? You know, it's not just like, certainly not just texting my parents and it's certainly, you know, but you know, it's starting. And so another element of this is maybe some coaching and that, that could come in a lot of different forms. There could be some AI, some content, you know, and there could even be, um, you know, inside of this at some stage of it, probably not an MVP early stage, but at some point to have actual like relationship coaching of, of to some extent, which again, I think goes back into is that contrived, right? Um, yet it's something that exists in the world. And what if you could get 15 minutes of coaching every week around a relationship? What if you could get someone who could respond to some messages? So, so that's kind of another idea of it is that, or, or, or a concern and sort of, I sort of asked and answered my own question there a little bit, but you, you know, where, where like, doesn't this already exist? You know, and, and I think that 
we're in the a we're in the era of I want things to just work. I want things to be really easy. I want things to kind of do everything for me. Teach, you know, provide tools, um, and you know, kind of be uh, at a level of simplicity to life as well, too. So, yeah, I, I know that was a whole world I just threw out there. <laughs> you know, when you mentioned AI, I had this really awesome feeling because you you put AI using AI in the context of like fostering better human relationships. Mm-hmm. And I feel like all that I think about what AI gets tended to, to use for is to like maximize profitability, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that's the kind of AI that people have this like, you know, uh, Armageddon movie, you know, the matrix movie where the machines take over and, you know, yoke us all to their, you know, to maximize whatever they're doing. And I feel like that the kind of AI to maximize profitability is not, is the kind that I could envision going down that wrong path. But if you told me AI was used to foster human relationships, I'd be like, how could it go wrong? You know, what's it? Oh, it's going to make me love you too much. Like <laughs> it's going to be, <laughs> be so too great. intense, you know? Yeah. There's uh, a yeah. term on, um, uh, that I've seen on Reddit a couple of times, white mirror, which if you guys are familiar with the Netflix show, Black Mirror, it shows yeah, the dystopian yeah. future that's possible with technology and AI. And this term white mirror is used when it's a counterexample of AI or technology being used to really enhance human connection and humanity. The uh, example that I saw in most recently, there is an app where you can answer a FaceTime call from a blind person who needs to choose a choose a, a milk carton in the fridge or something. Help me find the almond milk. They'll oh, wow. call out all sorts of people. You answer and then they point their phone at the thing and you say, yeah, move a little to the right. Uh, I think it's called Be My Eyes. And someone's comment on that is, yeah, white mirror. Uh, that's just a beautiful example of yeah. technology helping, helping uh, things be better for people. A feature I that, like that I thought of while we're talking here is let's say you have a short list of five or 10 people in this app that you have on your phone. And when you are in proximity with one of those people, it blocks up all other functionality on your phone. Uh, mm. So you are just fully present with them. Um, and maybe if, you know, you have to enter a passcode or something like that if you need it for an emergency, but right. something that gives you that little bit of, of a reminder of, hey, I'm here with another human being. Um, I don't actually need to go down whatever YouTube thing that I was going to do while they go order a sandwich, right? Um, <laughs> I can be there with them. Yeah. Well, I, I like I like the general world of that, you know, being present in, uh, with people, you know, and I, and like this is really what, a lot of what we're talking about here where, you know, using technology for good because uh, you would be hard pressed to find a single person out there in the world where if you said, you know, is, is Facebook deteriorating relationships? Is Instagram fake? Like there's a lot of things that are just kind of said now and it's just kind of taken as like a fact at this point almost. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, and so when you, when you look at, you know, being offline, being with people, whatever it is, however it works, you know, but like really creating real connection and not about liking something. Because by the way, this isn't just to like, you know, for all the happy and great times. But one of the reasons that building connection with, you know, authentic connection with people is so important because when things aren't working well, when your life isn't going well, mm-hmm. you know, we're kind of in this Facebook, Instagram trap where it's like all about the things that you like and are great. And the only time from what I can see where people are posting things out there that aren't great or good is tragedy. And, and it's like, but there's a lot in between and, and that's where real connection, uh, I think is, is so important. So, so I like the idea of like, and this is again, back to where some of the coaching, whatever else can come in is like, you know, like maybe there's some suggestions, you know, maybe, I don't know if it, if a full shutdown mode makes sense. I think anyone who's willing to do that probably doesn't need it. Um, and the folks <laughs> that need it probably aren't willing to do it. Um, but you know, something that might be a little more inspiring to them, like, you know, Hey, you're, you know, here you are, you're at this place and, you know, you and -and so-and-so share things in common or, you know, maybe there's some, you know, go see a movie or go do the thing, you know, maybe 
So, and again, that's part of where some of the coaching can come in, you know, where you can create suggestions and create things for people, which isn't just hanging out together, flipping through Instagram or whatever, Mm. which, you know, obviously happens from time to time, particularly in a marriage. (laughs) (laughs) So, so we've kind of, this is, this is, I think, I think we're latching onto this This is a very interesting idea if, if it could be pulled off. And then we usually like to hit down, we've covered it a little bit, but like focusing in on what is the problem. Um, mm. and I feel like, you know, we all might be able to just, we all, we all might get just like, so depressed and start crying at this point. Cause it is a huge problem, but, but <laughs> why don't you, uh, <laughs> just tell us like, how do you define the problem here in, in just more focused details? Yeah, I'd say the problem is, uh, so, you know, serving people and having conversations the last couple of years have been, you know, talking about this idea quite a bit. Everybody has people in their lives they want to spend more time with or they want a different kind of relationship with. Let's call it an improvement or transformation and in the relationship itself. You know, I can think of uh, some of my family and uh, back in Michigan, aunts and uncles. And then also like how many times every single person also has friends where they, they say we should get together more often mm-hmm. and it doesn't happen. So you know, the, that to me is really the problem is, is like real connection, real relationship, real authentic relationship. And, and, you know, Facebook is sort of the, like the, the, the methadone for this right now a little bit. And so the social networks, like, and I, I mean, there's a great place for them. I think there, there's a lot of good for them as well too. Lately, clearly Facebook and something getting a bad rap, you know, in terms of data and security and time consumptions and whatnot. But with that said, like, you know, really get, getting closer with people. It's the, it's, 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 as humans, this is the most important thing to us, period. Outside of food and water and the necessities, as human beings, being with, actually being connected with other people is inherently what we're all looking for. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm going to go ahead and just go a little bit deeper and to bring some words in here that like, I think just make the pain more obvious. And I think that's why it, it makes for something, mm. you know, worth putting in, in, in to place. And that's loneliness and isolation. You know, I mean, yeah, people are lonely, people are isolated and, and they're kind of don't, they're also sort of encouraged to be that way in a lot of ways, you know, they're encouraged to be alone. Oh, you, you know, people are encouraged to buy their own version of that. You know, don't share that, you know, you need your own or what, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Don't live in a commune. You yep. need your own apartment. You know, everybody needs their own little space and, so I think there's some, there's definitely this piece of like loneliness and isolation that's going on, even though people have these like digital social connections. And then, um, if I can jump in right there, there's a, there's a new book by, I think it's Johan Hari. It's called lost connections. And it's, it really dives into a lot of the research behind this idea. Individualism in the U S and a lot of Western countries has led to, uh, he posits greater rates of depression, uh, loneliness and unfulfillment. So, yeah, there's there's actual science behind what we're talking about here that is is kind of surfacing. So uh, yeah, check out that book. But yeah, back to you. Go for it. <laughs> the other side of it too is like uh, online therapy is becoming a bigger thing, right? So you can go online, you can hire a therapist, and at the same time, I, I've definitely heard people advise. You know, if you just had better social connections and hung out with your friends and family more, which is already fun you know, uh, you, you don't necessarily, that can sometimes fulfill what you get out of having a therapist, you know? And so yep. uh, I, I see that almost like as a competitor to this, uh, to this, uh, project, not to say it replaces therapy, but that especially in the case of this, like loneliness and isolation issue that people might go to therapy for, I think that t- plays a big role. And people also, your, your health is better when you have better relationships. I think, I think there's studies around this. I don't know specific ones to cite, but I'm pretty sure there's some research based uh, evidence here. No, absolutely. And, and to that point, I wouldn't say there's the competition anyway. I'm like, this is really complimentary. Cause back, back to your point, I mean, you're in therapy, you're all you're talking about is relationships. And so when you're actually getting out there and being more active in the relationships, there's more to talk about and work on. And that's where, you know, whether it's coaching from AI, real people or whatever it is, like we all have things that we're doing in relationships that aren't working. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to think that like 
people wanted to be talking to someone who was really smart and had all the answers. Mm. And that kind of, for me, was like about being right all the time. And until mm. I really like got in communication with people that like about this, about my relationships, why they're not working, I didn't really get that. Like, wow, like I'm just, people are just taking me as a jerk. Here I am thinking I'm like giving them a bunch of great knowledge and stuff. And so, you know, I think that getting really being actually being in real relationships and not just like, you know, Hey, how are you guys doing? How's the weather? What's you up to? Oh, I'm good. We're good. Everybody's good. Everything's great. Like, I'm, you know, like that's the world we live in where most conversations are very surface level at work on the, you know, wherever random places, but you know, going, the more time you spend with someone on a personal level, the deeper you're going to go, the more you can really start to work on, uh, go to work on, on, on your relationships at that point. So, mm. That brings to mind, I, I'm going to keep peppering features as I think about them. That brings to mind a feature that I'd love to have in this app would be a little note to remind me of some event to check in on in a few weeks or months, year, whatever. Uh, my buddy just became, just made detective on the police force and he had his interview a couple days ago. So that was something that was top of mind, but I had to remember to ask him about that. I wanted to ask him about that, but it's easier to forget. Yeah. So it could be cool to have, hey, tag Dan, check in with him in four days or whatever about uh, asking what kind of feedback he got on the interview. Well, absolutely. And you know, the greatest case study for this ever, basically, is on your birthday. Unless you mark your birthday totally private, you're going to get bombed on Facebook. It's so contrived and it's so prefabricated. I mean, Facebook now, if you log in, there's this little box, just type something right. You don't even need to go to the person's page. They've made it so easy for you. And it's still awesome to get all of those. Like, oh, cool. People like, I don't know, Karen, or whatever, you know. And so, you know, I, 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 and, I'm, and I'm with you. Like, how can you create more occasions than just someone's birthday mm -hmm. um, where, you know, like my, and on the, on the other side of that as well, too, from a celebration, my buddy, uh, Corey, just threw his back out the other day. So it's like checking in on him, you know, like, how you doing? And like when someone actually shoots you a text or gives you a call and asks how you're doing when you're not doing well. You know, I don't care how contrived that is. It's it's nice. It's it's nice to get that um, someone they they care on some level. You know, um, they've made it a priority to 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 you know check in with you. Hmm. So yeah, I feel like we can kick around a lot of uh, ideas here for quite some time, but we've got to yeah. <laughs> yeah let, let's get into uh, let, let's get into uh, monetization validation. Uh, we are living in you know capitalistic world and. When we're talking about an app, how do we how do we uh, get this out in the world in a way that it's um, generating its own revenue and, and making it making the juice worth the squeeze for the entrepreneurs out there? Yes, so I think there's a there's a few um, elements to this uh, from a monetization standpoint. First of all, it's a you know it's like a it's a daily weekly usage platform um, which presents a lot of opportunities in and of itself. And I think looking to some other business models for how that could be done. So one is a premium service and, and take, you know, on, on the flip side of that, from a marketing standpoint, I think we'll, we'll probably talk about that a little bit, but just like, you know, a little sneak peek on that, kind of looking at a bit of the hotmail, the old hotmail model, you know, maybe injecting some sort of ad or message into something that might be communicated to someone else or thing like that. And, um, you know, or maybe into some posts or something. So it creates a bit of a viral aspect and, you know, maybe that gets turned off, um, you know, when you're, when you're paying for the service, um, you know, another one is, you know, talking about coaching and things of that nature and some add-ons with that. And then, um, you know, and then on the other side of this too, it's, I think looking at some long-term vision of where this could potentially go, you know, when you're talking about relationship building, um, I think that you're talking about relationships in general. So you know, and it's funny because we asked that question about it being, is it contrived? Well, you know, of course, the world of dating and dating apps and everything else has been, you know, the dating sites for over 20 years now has essentially been asking the same question. And if you look at, if you flip it on its head um, in terms of how the relation, you know, managing relationships first and meeting people being second, you know, that might be an avenue to eventually become a source for people to connect with new people. Like maybe there's, you know, dating references or, or whatever else. And so, 
you know, I think those are, those are a couple aspects. Um, they look at, I think one big one is, um, is certainly, uh, coaching. That's one that, um, that I see. And then another one, you know, is also that if you're, if you're involved in connecting with people, you're going to be involved in events and you're going to be involved in gifts. So there's some potentially some, uh, you know, aspect to be able to, uh, you know, get involved with, uh, uh, you know, like affiliate type stuff, whether that be with like ticketing or gifting or things of that nature as well, too. And, and just to go back to a little bit, as far as like the audience size, like, is this something where we envision it as like, this is a global thing where everybody's a part of it? Or is it more of like a niche thing where it's kind of a, a smaller dedicated audience that that really benefits from it do you have any i mean about that? i definitely think it's a uh global expansive audience it's kind of a for everyone thing and it's likely to skew urban and younger just you know inherently people who are more you know technology focused and whatnot you know so you know and, you know urban's now what like 51 percent or urban and near suburban or, or whatever of uh you know markets worldwide and it tends to be younger people. So, I mean, there's a reason why, you know, Uber and so many of these things obviously adopt so well in these big cities. So, you know, I can see if you have Uber on your phone, um, if you use it often, and if it's a, you know, fairly primary source of transportation, you're definitely in the early target market for this. <clears throat> Wondering if um, with the business model, if there could be some sort of freemium potential where maybe you can connect with, three three people using the app on the free basis and then if you were going to want to make it up to 10 then you know there's a monthly subscription yeah no definitely like a light subscription for for volumes and and that is absolutely a route to go and then again like you know i i think the coaching aspect can't be understated too you know i mean i i know we're all guys here right um, I don't know about, about you guys, but I'm, you know, I, I joke sometimes that, you know, I'm 40 years old and I'm just starting to figure out a little bit about, you know, women. And, and I mean that with all the love in the world. Um, you know, we just think a little differently. So, you know, relationship coaches and dating, dating coaches, that's, that's a very common thing. Um, and, and in this sort of, you know, bumble, tender uh, world that, that we live in, you know, what do you do with that? How do you communicate? I was, I, I love having conversations with my friends around and I have friends in sales in particular and man, are they great with these dating apps? They do really well with it. So, you know, I, and then again, the coaching aspect of like furthering and building things and just like with telemedicine and, um, you know, getting therapy to like, I don't, I don't think most people know where and how to get coaching, uh, especially around relationships. So, there to me is a huge uh, opportunity there, um, especially for micro coaching or you know creating a coaching plan. I mean, if you think about this idea, virtually anything that is done in the business world to grow business relationships translates over in some way. And the key is going back to your original question. I think is how do you implement? How do you learn from everything that we've learned in business? Salesforce, one of the largest companies in the world. You know, of course, all the social media companies, some of the largest companies in the world. How do you take what's working there on a business front and bring the management of it over on the personal side and have it be white mirror and not black mirror? Yeah, that's a really great insight. <laughs> yeah. The idea that you can basically take what's worked in business and apply it in a personal setting. I think that's a, we always look for these little nuggets for our listeners of, of uh, different you know, concepts that, that are really valuable. And I think that's a great one. With the coaching, in, in terms of uh, if you you don't have to state a, a number if you are uh, unsure of it, but about how much do you think someone can charge on a platform like this? You know, I think that that varies a lot. You know, you if you had um, you could have uh, uh, you know folks who um, you know maybe have certifications or professionals that could be anywhere from you know, and looking at things maybe by like the half hour or something like that, starting with anywhere from, you know, 20, 20, 30, 40 bucks for, uh, you know, maybe someone who's just getting going all the way up to, you know, hundreds of dollars, uh, if not thousands, even, I mean, looking at, especially over time, you have like, you know, Sir Perel and like these like amazing, you know, like celebrity, you know, relationship and, you know, coaches and psychiatrists and whatnot. 
um, who, uh, you know, maybe they're eventually available, you know, on it. But I think to start, um, you know, you have a world of people out there that are looking to, you know, help and get involved. And, and again, in this sort of gig economy, just like with the telemedicine world and, and psychiatry, you know, with life coaches and people out there, I think that the, the price points and the convenience for everybody involved could, uh, you know, could make it uh, very valuable. I mean, you look at, you know, therapists who maybe have a practice or whatever else want to make some extra money, you know, book some gigs in the evening or in your off time or whatever else to be able to jump in and, and help. So I think there's a, there's a lot of people and there's a wide range for it. To me, one of the biggest things here is not just having that, you know, video or voice conversation, but also um, if you look at the world of online education, where um, a lot of classrooms are not necessarily live, but they're like more, you know, kind of message board style and things of that nature. So, you know, and as with business coaching, same thing, like if you have a personal relationship plan, you know, here's a, here's a six month plan to reconnect with your daughter who you haven't talked about, I haven't talked with, you know, I haven't been close with in 20 years. It's not going to start with y'all going on vacation together for a week, but maybe that's the goal that you work towards and you start to work towards that. And you have someone who's kind of, you know, being an accountability partner for you and checking in on you. So, you know, maybe it's not necessarily by an hourly kind of thing. Maybe there's, and again, maybe these are packages that are, are sold as well too, where, um, you know, but, you know, and, and I say this as, as someone who's, you know, very techie and business and entrepreneurial oriented. And, and I keep going back to your original question. I'm so glad you asked it. How do you do these things without it being contrived and artificial? How do you create white mirror? And not black mirror, because when you if, if when you start to talk about things in the way that I am, most people start to get a little like, oh, that freaks me out, you know. And it, it is very common. So it's a you know it's a it's a very fine line to walk with this. How do you monetize? How do you not make it contrived? And how do you again create real authentic value for people? Mm. You know, um, Chris and I even had had conversations recently just about sort of business negotiations, but a book came up around negotiation that was written by like a Harvard negotiation project. And, you know, one of the really cool things about a book like that is it gives steps and stages for interactions, you know, and I think not everybody's going to read that book, you know, but you could we don't know exactly how this manifests itself, but it could be like, I've got a difficult conversation I need to have click here, you know, and walk me through it, you know, walk us through it. Like it's almost like a mediator too. Like you're saying, this is not only for having the likes and the smiles and the thumbs ups. This is for how do you navigate difficult situations? How do you support people in difficult times and understand where they're coming from? So yeah, I could see that. I could see that being very useful. Yeah, yeah, we haven't talked about uh, any any sort of gamification aspects, which I'm hesitant to bring up because that's <laughs> sure. like, uh, yeah. it, it seems so um, you know such a silly thing to talk about in this context. But it, if uh, people like seeing check marks like that, I like seeing it. I like seeing that I have a streak of I've done these tasks that are important to me every single day. And if I have hey a task yeah. to call my mom every every week and I have a streak of 40 weeks where I have that going, I'm going to want to do that 41st week. So, um, yeah, something to be looking. Well, I see, I, it, it is. And I think that there's something, um, that to look at again from like a net promoter score, you know, like how happy is someone with you or something or something along those lines. I like the, and the gamification world, if we look at like, you know, working out and exercise and things of that nature exist. You know, it, it, again, it, it's like every aspect of our lives besides personal relationships, we're totally fine having all of this technology and all of these things. But it's like there's something about it with our personal relationships. We're, we're, even, we're even okay with it from, uh, from a dating standpoint. It's just everything that even in those relationships, we're very much okay with it for the most part. But then it's like, once you're with the person, you're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah, that's a, I was going to ask, I, I think it's a good time to jump into uh, actual action steps and, and validation. Um, so yeah. if there's some listeners out there who are really excited about this idea, they totally on board with the, that this is a problem. They um, 
champing at the bit to, to do something about it, what are some things that they could do and in a relatively short time frame to, to show you that they are proven action takers, that they uh, are serious about the idea? Yeah, so I think that there's a, there's a few things. One um, would be to, to create a very rudimentary MVP. Like if you've read the Lean Startup book, you know, minimum viable product is like literally the minimum thing to, could be done to show some results. So one of the things that, you know, I've talked about in the past with people while talking about this is even as simple as creating some simple forms and calendaring and, you know, maybe customizing some things, maybe working with like 10 different people and walking them through some things. Um, you know, or working with like a relationship coach, uh, but something really simple to see actual results. Like if you took a three month period, let's say, had five people pick five people in relationships that they want to create uh, something else with, whether it's, you know, being closer with creating an actual relationship, whatever it is, um, and then scheduling and, 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 and helping to create a system or formula or something for them to follow, maybe even just simply using Google Calendar to start and then checking in with those people you know, maybe at each month or week or whatever, having this getting feedback on, you know, how is this relationship? And maybe there's daily ratings or something along those lines. Um, but I, I really see a non-digital uh, MVP here, something where, um, you know, you're, you're able to just really see. And it, I mean, it's real simple. If you got someone three months in, if the majority of the people are like, oh my God, I'm closer to people than I've ever been in my life, then I think, you have a proof of concept that you that at that point those quotes from real people go in an investor deck and you could probably look to raise money at that point with it yeah that's really interesting i'm also seeing like an onboarding type of process for a specific situation um like if it was something online where somebody might have a search term like uh you know, how to fix a broken relationship yeah. or how to apologize mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. Losing connection with my parents, or I miss my family, or you know, just like different things like that, and say, "All right, uh, you know, come come on in. Here's like a a series of. I think the one that's coming to mind for me, which may not be as applicable for some of the other situations, it is the negotiation, like difficult negotiations. Oh, are you are you trying to manage a difficult uh, negotiation with like a, with a family member, or a friend, or something like that, or difference of opinions? Mm. You know, welcome. You get on the site, and it says, you know. For example, the book the book that I that I'm reading right now it'll say what are the what are your feelings behind this? What do you think the other person's feelings are behind this? You know, what are your what's important to you? Like, what what are your priorities yeah. in having this conversation in the first place? Like, what do you want the result to be like? You know, same for the other person. What's at stake? You know, and just even filling out a simple form like that, but having it walk you through it. Yeah, and then. Maybe that's also the way that you that you kind of expand the network and you say, hey, you, you fill out this sort of difficult conversations questionnaire and then it says, are you ready? Like, are you bold enough to invite your person that you need to have this conversation with to the network? You know, and then they're like, and you, you hit submit, it sends to them. And basically it says, so-and-so wants to resolve XYZ -ish, issue with you through <laughs> You're whatever a map. You <laughs> are, yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you in or what? You know, and then. Yeah, I love it. Right. Oh, it's re it really is great. I like that. And the idea of like, sort of bringing some structure. You're, you're right. There's proven formulas that work. First of all, mm -hmm. just uh, recreating what someone said to you back to them, you know, like is mm -hmm. one of the easiest ways. Like our, most people were not hearing what the other person's even saying to start. That's like marriage counseling right. 101. Why don't you say what they just said? You know, so there's just little things like, what do they want? You know, when, when you start like um, asking some of these basic questions, you know, well, what is, you know, your wife really want, like, you know, out of relationship, like, well, I, I don't know, <laughs> you know, and, and so I could, I could definitely see some, some basic things to start where you're just guiding and leading with like tried and true things uh, that, that work as well. This is, to me, this is very similar to the world of like physical health. You want to get more physically fit. There's, I mean, two things that you need to do, eat better, and work out more. I mean, realistic, you know, those personal trainers, that's great. And there's all these things. You could walk around the block every day and get in shape. You could jog, you could run, you could do the treadmill, you could do crud. There's, it doesn't really matter 
what you do. Now, if you want to look like amazing and train for a sport and all that stuff, it starts to matter more. But the consistency is by far the most important part. And that's a big like idea behind this is that, you know, we get a lot of intentions in a moment or whatever. We say we're going to do something and then life smacks us in the face seven days a week. And next thing you know, six months goes by and you haven't talked to Aunt Lori in how many months or, or whatever relationship it is. So, you know, I lo- like what you're speaking to. It's like we tend to like to overcomplicate things. Go read five books on relationships. Read, you know, all these articles, all these things that came out. Become an expert. And it's like, and that's why the book aisles are huge. You know, I mean, I've got a bunch of books behind me here, uh, you know, if, if, for the people who can see the video on this. And I haven't read many of them. I buy them with great intentions. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to learn these, some special technique of branding or user experience design or whatever else. But, you know, when it comes to books, the biggest aisles are relationships. The biggest aisles are, are dieting. The biggest aisles are self-help and feeling better and all that. Like, that's a big chunk of the bookstore. Yet people aren't reading the first chapter and just doing the basic things. So I really like what you're talking about in terms of just providing some basics and then provide the consistency around it as well, too, in the experimentics, especially. Another avenue that people can approach, if I can throw this idea for all of us here, um, are you guys familiar with the concept of shortcuts in iOS? Uh, I'll just explain it for everyone. Apple, not not keyboard shortcuts, they're... uh, uh, I think maybe they were called workflows, but now Apple rebranded them to shortcuts and they are uh, multi-step processes that you can automatically start. Uh, so it could be, you'd say something like, hey Siri, set my coffee timer. And it automatically will set a three and a half minute timer and then it'll start you know, reading you the news during that time. And maybe it sets your phone on do not disturb mode for the day, tells you the weather, it, it does a combination of things all together. They're not very hard to program is the reason I bring this up. And it seems like someone could build an MVP around uh, around shortcuts for people that they care about. So it's a great idea. And and those are ones that you can share with others. You can create an iCloud link. Other people can just import that into, into their profile. Maybe it's who are the five people that you want to stay in contact with? What's the frequency that you want to communicate with them? And it automatically creates a reminder for you once a week or whatever the frequency that you set. That's something I could build that in you know two hours. Uh, so that's something that I think is pretty easy to build an MVP and then share it with the world, see what kind of response you get. I, I like that. And, and I think that just to expand in there from an opportunity standpoint, uh, what I really hear from that is basically create templates in a system that someone's already using. So Google Calendar comes up as well too, like able to like maybe import some calendars and move some dates around or something along those lines or use tools that already exist to help set something inside of a system that you already use. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. The, the concept that comes up for me here is do things that don't scale. So this isn't going to be a perfect solution. It's going to require a little bit more manual work to figure it out, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because you want doing that manual work gives you that feedback from your customer base around uh, maybe this, this messaging here was a little off key and it turned me off. And you don't get that if you just put out an app app to the world, right? So if you're actually engaging with the people that are using the the service, you're going to be able to iterate much quicker. So. Yep. Love it. Love it. Cool. So I don't know, we've got a few different options of of actions that listeners could take to get this started, getting in on the ground, getting into some, you know, just a handful of people and helping foster relationships there, doing some kind of a conversation, you know, coordinator, um, doing like a calendar, uh, like a calendar notification optimizing uh, program. Um, Is there anything else worth sharing? Or should we, you know, should we wrap it up soon? I have one more thing on the calendar thing. Just I'll, I'll share it real quick. And then and if you guys have something else, it could be as simple as facilitating people asking other people to give them things to put in their calendar. You know, like it, maybe it's just a simple email you send out and it says, fill out this little form about an important date that's coming up for you. You'd like me to know about. Yeah. And 
automat automatically it puts that in your calendar for you and sets you up with a reminder. You know, you can sort of automatically read through Gmail emails and automate systems like that. I think apps like that are pretty uh, pretty useful. But yeah, kind of inquiring like a little bit of an outreach you can get to people to get what the important things are to them and feed them into your you know your daily system. I, I love anything else you guys are getting. Well, I love that. I love that as well. And you know, here's one of the things that is important for any startup in this phase, like in the ideation phase, is don't be afraid to do manual work. You know, because you, mm -hmm. you know, like we keep talking about like automation, which is great. I, I love the form idea though, right? It's like uh, watching the John Oliver show the other night, and there was like the you know who would you marry, kill, and then you know. <laughs> have have <laughs> yeah. sexual relations with i believe is is what the uh the millennials the game right but it's sort of like <laughs> what's the most important thing coming up what are you most afraid of da, 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 da. like ask these questions like ask, ask for actual events um and then like and then you get a form back um i mean this could be set up in an afternoon you get a form back and you put those and then it just says put these dates in your calendars but maybe it's even sent to maybe you're doing this with five friends and you say i'm gonna create a shared calendar for you um, so I'm going to, you do the work, right? I'm going to create a shared calendar for you. I'm going to enter these in for you. And then, you know, and then that person as, as the person who's created this concept, essentially follow up, you have that calendar too. So after it happens, did you do it? Da, 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 and you can tweak the, you know, the reminders to have notifications set properly and all that good stuff. Um, and then just ask them and say, you know, maybe there's some follow-ups or whatever. Um, so you create some different sequences to get back into that CRM world of, uh, you know, how it might go with someone. Um, but I, I really like that. Again, it's it's this is getting back to some very rudimentary things. You know, like we're 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 ha I'm ha I'm happy. If, you know, we're all kind of happy on some level. If we just remember people's birthdays, show up on time to the things that we said we were going to do. You know, and then that's that's all that's really expected of us. But when you reach out to someone who's dealing with something, when you're when you're there, showing up is one of the most important things in the world. And you know, and it's like just by simply creating that. I think you could really prove that you can make a big difference in people's uh, lives. I think that's a fantastic, uh, fantastic place to end here. So listeners, email us any updates, any actions that you've taken. Tell us what you've done with this idea. Email us at update at runwithit.us. And we'll, we'll review all of the submissions that we get and the ones that we feel like are really, really impressive. We're going to, you're going to have a shot to connect with David here, an established entrepreneur, 20 years in the business. He's done all sorts of things, obviously has great ideas. So it's a very exciting opportunity to launch a business. Um, David, this is your chance here to, uh, to share a plug. Uh, where can people learn a little bit more about you? Any, any last minute actions you'd like them to uh, keep in mind? Sure. Yeah. I, um, I, by the way, I really want this app to exist. It's like always been kind of right there. You know, we incubate a lot of things. Uh, we haven't gone down this road yet. And so um, I would certainly be very supportive of someone who's, a, if you can prove a concept, if you can prove anything, yeah, we can, uh, there's, there's a lot of assistance we can provide if you can get it past stage one. Very excited to be able to collaborate with someone on this, and there's a lot that we can bring to the table in terms of, you know, getting an app created, um, you know, getting an investor deck, getting with investors and investment and all that good stuff. So, you know, certainly, uh, you know, want to incentivize someone to 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 pursue this, um, you know. And who is we? Um, my agency Toy, which is T O I dot I O. Uh, also, uh, our, our new business uh, training and uh, education company, runsprints.com, where uh, we're training uh, folks to be able to run design sprints, to be able to get proof of concepts done, which uh, this would be a perfect thing to run a sprint on, run a design sprint on. Um, so we're going to, we're going to, uh, very soon, we're going to have some online education as well that people will be able to take who aren't in San Francisco and Los Angeles, where we have some uh, workshops and boot camps. Uh, upcoming to learn uh, uh, these really cool cutting edge uh, techniques that have come out of Google Ventures and uh, uh, Google the last uh, few years. So yeah, I think that kind of covers all that there. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much, David. Great. It's been uh, an absolute pleasure to have here on the podcast and looking forward to connecting you with some listeners. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. It's fun. 
Now, it's time for you to run with it. Follow through on the action steps discussed and email a summary of what you did to update at runwithit.fm. Every listener who emails us will gain exclusive access to a private Facebook group of action takers. And one listener will earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership. Help us build the Run With It community of generous entrepreneurs. Please like, subscribe, and review us online. And remember, the secret of getting ahead is getting started. Podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash run, that's R-U-N, and get 15% off your first year.